Welcome to this edition of Community Associations Institute's podcast. My name is Tony Campisi, and I'm the Executive Director of Community Associations Institute's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. This episode, we'll be talking about the important topic of fiduciary duty and what it means in the context of your condominium, cooperative, or homeowner association. This is an important legal and financial term for elected board members and managers in community associations, and we hope you will find this information useful to your community. Our guest today is Gregory Malaska, Esquire, with the law firm Young & Harris in Stroudsburg. Greg focuses his law practice in community association law, representing dozens of planned communities through, throughout northeastern Pennsylvania and the Lehigh Valley in a diverse array of transaction and litigation matters, including organizational document drafting, transitions from developer to association control, covenant enforcement, assessment collection, corporate management, and employment matters. Greg is a member of the Board of Directors of CAI's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter and is past chair of CAI's Pennsylvania Legislative Action Committee, as well as CAI's Pocono Mountains Regional Council. Welcome, Greg. And let's get right into the, uh, the discussion. What is a fiduciary? Who are they and who do they serve? Well, Tony, hello and thanks for having me. A fiduciary is someone who acts on behalf of someone else. You probably heard the term trustee. In the context of a uh, HOA, a condo, or a co-op, uh, a fiduciary generally facilitates themselves as a manager or a director. Okay, so what are the components of one's fiduciary duty, and where do those standards come from? Tony, there are really two sub-duties within your fiduciary duty, a duty of care and a duty of loyalty. Now, these standards come from the statutes, the Nonprofit Corporation Law, the Uniform Plan Community Act, the Uniform Condominium Act, and the Real Estate Cooperative Act. They also have foundations in case law throughout the state. Uh, what I want to do, Tony, is read from the section of the Uniform Plan Community Act, section 5303, which really encapsulates what the fiduciary duty is. Here goes. In the performance of their duties, the officers and members of the executive board shall stand in a fiduciary relation to the association and shall perform their duties, including duties as members of any committee of the board upon which they may serve, and here's the key points, in good faith, in a manner they reasonably believe to be in the best interest of the association, and with the care, including reasonable inquiry, skill, and diligence, as a person of ordinary prudence would use under similar circumstances. So there are some, uh, the word duties is, is, uh, comes up repeatedly there. Um, there are certain duties that make up a fiduciary's responsibilities. For example, the duty of care, the duty of loyalty. Can you explain what they mean and how a fiduciary satisfies their duties? Sure. Let's break it in half. Let's first talk about the duty of care and then go into the duty of loyalty. A duty of care is really a duty to conduct an adequate amount of due diligence to ensure that you make a well-grounded decision. Now, in simple terms, you have a duty to do your homework. Let's give an example. Let's say there is a new contract that's coming up before the board, and you have to look at several contractors. Uh, it's a fiduciary's duty, as part of their duty of care, to investigate the available options and vet the contractors to make sure that you pick the best one for the association. Uh, every director brings a certain set of skills to the table. Uh, there's no requirement that a director be an attorney, an accountant, an engineer, etc. But the, what you are allowed to do as a fiduciary, as part of your duty of care, is if you have a question on a technical issue, say an accounting question, 
you have the right and duty to seek the advice of an accountant to make sure that all your questions are answered before you make a decision. The goal with the duty of care is to ensure that all your decisions are fully informed. Let's talk about the duty of loyalty. A duty of loyalty is a duty to act solely in the interest of the membership. Now this is an undivided loyalty, uh, which means you, as a fiduciary, you cannot act with a conflict of interest. Now generally that comes in one of two forms. Either it's some sort of personal relationship or it's a financial relationship. Uh, the goal is to ensure that you act to benefit the members and the corporate entity. You can't act to benefit yourself and you can't act to benefit your friends. To the contra, you also can't act as a fiduciary to harm someone else. Let me give you an example. Oftentimes we have property owners that become uh, disgruntled for one reason or another and they have one core issue that they're really mad about. Sometimes they will run for the board solely on that issue and Tony, sometimes they run solely to get back at that neighbor that they really can't stand. Uh, that's really not their fiduciary duty and acting in such a way would, would constitute a breach. Uh, with the duty of loyalty, the, the key concept is the members always must come first. So what about a situation where there's uh, the board takes an action and someone disagrees with it? Are they obligated to um, obey, so to speak, the, the majority rule? Uh, correct. Well, Tony, there is such a thing, it's a component of the duty of loyalty called the duty of obedience. Now, you raised a good example. You know, directors come from a diverse group of backgrounds, experiences, etc., which means when they get in that boardroom, not every decision is going to be unanimous. And if there's a contentious issue and there's a split vote, the majority rules. Now, under the duty of obedience, every director in that room, once the vote is passed, the majority rules, and you have a duty as a director to uphold the position of the corporation. And that majority vote constitutes the position of the corporation. Now, if, if you can't do that, then you really have to consider whether you can remain on the board and whether you need to resign. So the, the next topic I wanted to ask you about is confidentiality. Um, where does that come into play? I mean, board members presumably have access to some information that might be sensitive. Are they obligated to keep that confidential? Yes, Tony. It's, the duty of confidentiality is very important. Again, it's, it's a component of your duty of loyalty. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. As a director or a manager or other fiduciary, you come into information that's not for general public dissemination. Now, uh, let me give you some examples. Perhaps it might be a personnel matter. Perhaps you may be seeking uh, to negotiate a contract, or maybe the, the association is involved in litigation. Now, the importance of keeping information like that confidential is that it doesn't jeopardize the association's legal position. Uh, you wouldn't want to give information that might harm the association either in litigation or in your negotiations or some other way. Uh, Oftentimes it could, it could harm the association's position or in some extreme cases it might get the association sued. Uh, one point that has to be brought up, Tony, and this is really a misconception, that duty of confidentiality survives after you leave the board. Let's say you come into some information uh, that's very sensitive, maybe it might be a personnel matter or it might be during the context of litigation. Uh, once you leave the board, you don't have the ability to start talking about the things that were confidential while you're on the on the board. Uh, once confidential, it remains confidential. 
permanently, forever? Uh, unless there's some extenuating circumstance we give you the right to disclose the information, the safest position is it stays confidential. Okay. Um, there's a term that I'm not familiar with, and I, I suspect many might not be, uh, unless they've served in, in this kind of a capacity before, and that's the corporate opportunity. What does that mean, and, and does it, how does it apply to a community association? Well, that's one of the last components of a duty of loyalty, Tony. And, and it's a duty to not personally benefit from an opportunity provided to the association. Uh, it sounds a little convoluted, but let me try and use an example here. Uh, let's say you are the community manager, and a person walks up into your office and says, I'm trying to sell, I want to sell my truck. Well, the manager knows that the association needs a truck, but the manager also needs a truck as well. And the deal that the gentleman made to the manager is so attractive, he might as well take it up himself. So what the manager does is he purchases the truck off the gentleman without ever telling the association. In that case, he took, the manager, the fiduciary, took an opportunity that was designed for the association. Uh, and that's a breach of the fiduciary duty. Okay, that's interesting. Um, talk a little bit about standards by which a fiduciary uh, should conduct themselves. I think we've touched upon this a little bit. Um, what are the standards and, and where do they come from? Well, Tony, earlier I, I read chapter and verse from the UPCA identifying the uh, fiduciary duty. Now, when trying to define where you find these standards, the statute's a good source of reference. More importantly, your documents, your decoration, your bylaws, your rules, they hopefully will provide additional guidance. Okay. Um, and I think the last uh, question, and probably one of the most important, what happens if someone breaches their uh, fiduciary duty? Well, Tony, as, as we started the conversation off, uh, every fiduciary has a duty of care. So if uh, word gets around that there may be a potential breach, I think the board has a fiduciary duty to investigate it as part of their duty of care. Now, if they define a problem, if they define a potential breach, I think they have to give the accused director or fiduciary an opportunity to defend him or herself. It's called due process. Um, once they go through that process, if they find there is a violation or a breach of the fiduciary duty, they have several remedies available to them. Now, ideally, your documents will give a clear explanation of the process and the actual remedies, but uh, in our experience, we've seen numerous types. Uh, one, there could be some sort of censure where the director is prohibited from uh, participating. Uh, second, there could be a suspension for a limited period. Uh, a more serious sanction is the director can be removed. And even further, they could, there could be a permanent ban on that director's service to the community. Uh, if your documents are silent, uh, we have to defer to the statute. And I'm going to explain what's found in the nonprofit corporation law at section 5726. If your documents are silent on the issue of removal, you have three options to remove a director who may have breached their fiduciary duty. Uh, first, you can go to court uh, seeking to remove the director via court action. Uh, second, you could put the issue to the membership and have a membership vote. And in certain very limited circumstances, the board unilaterally can take that step. But the two most common options are uh, a lawsuit in court or a membership vote to remove the director. Okay, uh, sounds like some pretty drastic steps, but sometimes that might be necessary. Tony, one other point in regard to the fiduciary duty. 
I know this doesn't need to be said, but it probably should be said. Uh, as a fiduciary, you have a duty to conduct yourself in a professional manner. Uh, we've all heard horror stories of how uh, board meetings can sometimes turn into shouting matches. Uh, directors have to recognize that they are effectively handling uh, the budgets of other people's money. Uh, they are elected to serve a purpose to take care of the property owner's interest and to maintain their property values. That's a pretty big responsibility, and I think directors need to carry themselves in a certain manner uh, to ensure that they have the trust and can handle the responsibility of this big job. Okay, that's been some uh, very interesting information. That's about all that we have time for in today's podcast. This has certainly been an enlightening chat about the importance of fiduciary duty for community association elected volunteers and managers. For those of you who may want more information on this topic, we do have an on-demand webinar on this topic called Fiduciary Duty, Obligations of Community Association Volunteers. You can access this hour-long webinar on our website at www.cai-padelval.org. For more resources on this and other topics regarding the management or governance of your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website. Again, that web address is www.cai-padelval.org. Thanks for listening and check out our other podcasts on our website.